Thanks for checking out the Community Recap Podcast, where there's no cap and all truth. As we discuss various aspects of the Christian life and look back to our past Sunday sermons to discuss what we can learn from them. Let's tune into this week's episode of the Community Recap Podcast. What's going on, podcasters, listeners? Hey. So grateful you joined us again for another episode of the Community Recap Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, it's good to be with you. Um, man, what a week it has been for us. Um, yeah. A lot of things personally happening in my life I'd like to share. Man, what is this? Um, I don't know anything. Uh, this is news. Breaking today news. is the MLB trade deadline. Yes. And it has a lot of my attention. Okay, yeah. Uh, earlier I heard you listening to, to and it on the phone. And, I'm and really phone. nervous about what my Cubs are going to do. Well, I don't think they're going to do much this year. No, no, no. From At what the I deadline, see. I don't want them to trade off certain pieces that are talked about being traded off. When today the deadline? Yeah, well, and, and as we're recording this right now, there is three minutes left <laughs> until yeah. the trade deadline. And they've yet to trade those pieces. But you never know. So up that's to the good. Second. Well, that's good, man. Up to the second. That's good. Um, you know what the word for baseball is in Greek, though, don't you? I do not. Nap. Snooze fest. <laughs> okay. okay. Greek word for baseball is take a nap. Yeah. Well. Not There's some baseball fans it. out there Not I know that probably it. were were offended by by that just now, but the all uh, six people that I, I'm just this. telling you the truth, <laughs> just telling you the truth. Um, all right, yeah. What else is going on, man? Is that it? Is that the big? Is that the big thing happening? Um, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, I think a, a bigger thing is my boy Baker's balling out in spring training. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That people don't want to hear about, but the dude's legit. Man, here's a, here's the deal. Um, I don't ever want to see anybody, like, just do bad. Uh, yeah, you do. But he's one of yes, the guys. Do. I don't know his personality. He's <laughs> just kind of one of those guys that it's like, I want him to do great in life. I want him to do great things for the Lord. Is he a follower? Does he say he's a follower of Christ? Do you know? Uh, I've never heard him publicly say that. Okay. All right. So, you know, I hope he comes to faith in the Lord and uses his influence in great ways for Jesus. I don't believe a Jesus. word you're saying. Right? But I... Also, man, just don't necessarily want him to succeed in football. Here's something is I that wrong to for me to say? Is that bad yes. as for me to say it really publicly? Is. Yes. Uh, Here's what I wanted to address with yes. you. Uh, not to name drop. We tend to do that a lot. Yeah. But I'm going to name drop. Yeah, come on. Because we love him around here. Yeah. Mr. Skip Hyde. Skip? Did he find you on Sunday? Oh, and he told me that. <laughs> that uh, yes. So let's, yes. let's tell the people that you made a joke. A couple Sundays ago. I didn't make a joke. I, I talked no, about joke. Scripture. This is a joke. <laughs> I, I talked about Scripture that sin is equated to the color crimson. crimson. Okay. And burnt orange, we I, learned has through our no brother biblical Skip basis whatsoever. has a huge amount of crimson in it. Well, he didn't say crimson. He said red. It's so crimson. That's, that's a different... That's a different uh, All you know. to say, you're just as bad. No. You're no, just as that's bad. that's not that's not we appreciate Skip Hyde for giving us that wonderful. That's not true. But he did find me. He did share that information okay. with me. And we love yes. Skip. We're, we're we're grateful for for Skip and all he does yeah. except for that sort of stuff. Boomer. Um, 
so let's just go ahead and jump into the podcast. I know our listeners probably want to hear a lot of the back and forth, but yeah, I'm sure that's why they <laughs> tune in every week. I've had some us. people say, you guys just like, you know, let's hear a little bit more about your life and <laughs> all, all that stuff. Is that my mom? Uh, no, actually. No. My mom. Really? No. Yeah. My mom is not no. listening. Hi, Mama Gary. Um, but there is a, actually a, quite a bit to cover. Yeah, uh, Revelation in this, in this 9, week. man. So let's jump in. In fact, it. this was the, I didn't mention it Sunday, this was the end of the section of signs of the sovereign one. We're going to we're gonna jump into um, the enemies of the eternal one starting next week. There's Ooh. a little bit of a bridge into that. The Chapter 10 could have probably fallen in either section, but we're going to go ahead and move on to the next section and call it enemies of the eternal one. Love it. Love it. Title of this sermon was Hell on Earth. Yes. For good reason. We yes, see a lot of that. I think so. Um, fifth and sixth trumpets, the first and second woes. That's right. Um, is kind of what we unpacked a little bit. Um, to set it up, um, say again one more time, at the beginning of your sermon, you talked about how you see this chapter, right? There's a lot of literal truth. In symbolic translation, kind of right. unpack that before we talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think it, you find that a lot, obviously, in Revelation, and some of that is the difficulty in the interpretation of of the Book of Revelation. How you interpret certain symbols is going to really determine how you interpret the book as a whole. Who you see the hundred and forty four thousand as, who you see the um, uh, the the star that has fallen in Revelation 9-1, who you see the scarlet uh, uh, beast, and all of those different types of things, who, who you see those individuals as, is going to really determine how you interpret Revelation. And Revelation 9 is probably the most, um, is the thickest uh, of that aspect of Revelation where you see a lot of symbolic language and symbolic presentation of literal truths. Uh, in fact, the words like and as are used more in this chapter than any other chapter in all of the Bible. And I just wanted to, uh, just for the listeners, I wanted to clarify that because we're going to talk about something that kind of maybe goes a little bit back and forth with that in some eyes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, uh, let's start off with sin. Mm, yes. Obviously, we believe that. God is sovereign. He's sovereign overall. Now, um, what that means may mean something different, different to, to different people. I would encourage people just go look up the definition of sovereign in your dictionary, and that's pause this episode right now. That's right. And then when you come back, that's I have right. had looked at the definition of. So, actually, do you want to just do it so they don't have to pause this? Let me let, let me see. Let's if I type can. this up. Let's look this up for the listeners. That way we can get a clear, concise definition. Uh, so uh, sovereign, uh, just did a, just did a search, but pull, pull this up. A supreme ruler, especially a monarch, uh, is, is one. Uh, Miriam Webster says one possessing or held to possess supreme political power or sovereignty, one that exercises supreme authority within a, within a limited sphere, an acknowledged leader, any of uh, various... Uh, well, a sovereign is a gold coin in the United Kingdom. But uh, I, I think at the heart of this is it's somebody that is in control. He is a supreme entity. I don't think it means 
determined all things. Okay. Right? So you can right. be in control and not determine every aspect right. of, of things. Okay? So I think that, to me, that's an important distinguishing factor where some people kind of read on to that word more than I think what that word is trying to communicate. Okay. So uh, we see in Revelation 9, um, one of the notes that I had had was God is the one sending, the one telling, the one allowing everything. We see that a lot when right. uh, he allows this he or he given, gives he this. Has, right. Uh, told them so we they see couldn't the do this. Yes. One of the p- first points you had was God allows the consequences of sin. Now, without going too deep, obviously, let's... Yeah, you can take that a lot of ways. I mean, you're basically looking at uh, a lot of um, cross-sections within uh, biblical theology, uh, harmatology, or the study of sin. You're, you're probably looking at uh, soteriology in some, some regards, uh, anthropology. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things that would kind of come into meet into this discussion so without going super super deep yeah um well i think you know let's talk about what do you think god allows the consequences of sin yes not to harm to draw us nearer to him all that stuff i think i think you know people who have a sort of a foundation of christianity and god and his sovereignty would say yes i do think so but it goes deeper than that sure right so kind of give us elaborate a little bit more on why would, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world, the first thing they want to combat against Christianity or God is, why would a loving God right. allow sin or yeah. struggle or pain or right. consequence in our life? Go ahead. Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the easiest, quickest answer, because there's a lot of underpinnings that go to that, uh, but without unpacking that uh, to the depths that it probably needs to be unpacked would be, I believe in God's sovereignty. He created man with free will. Um, so men are free to act in rejection or acceptance to God and his word. And the reason why God uh, allows the consequences of sin is not so that um, he can be retributive in nature to those that have rebelled against him, although he has every right to do so, for he is a sovereign, he is king, he is creator, and so therefore we owe him our worship and our obedience. Right. But man, in their free will given to them by God, has rejected Christ, has rejected God as creator, has rejected God's word as being binding upon their lives. And so instead of being retributive for him, he allows the consequences of sin in, in a very restorative nature. He, it's to bring people back to him to ultimately see, man, why do I keep experiencing all of this death and destruction in my life? Well, you're not living according to God's word. And so in many ways, it's it's him bringing us back to to himself um, is why he allows the consequences of, of sin. It's it's in an attempt that people would turn from themselves, um, just as we talked about. You know, he he gives us an alternative to those consequences, just as we read in in Joshua twenty four fifteen and Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. He says, "Choose this day." Like there's, I've given you an alternative to the death and destruction that you are experiencing in your rebellion repent, turn from that, and choose life. 
choose choose my way, choose my grace and mercy that I have given I have given to you. And that's exactly what we've seen so far in the book of Re- Revelation played out with the that's plagues right. and with the uh, the seals and everything that has happened. It's not um, yes, it's God's judgment, but right. even in the judgment. Yeah, and that's and where you see the intervals. That's where you see the pauses. So we're fixing to come in uh, chapter 10 and 11. Uh, a lot of that is a pause. Chapter 12 is is somewhat of a pause to kind of do some instant replaying, some zooming in. Uh, but we see if you go all the way back to the letters of the living one where he's addressing the churches, that, that is the alternative, right? That is the alternative to the judgment that is to come is to place your faith in Christ and and to, to, to be a part of the body of Christ underneath his headship. And these pauses are basically a picture of the alternative, right? You can experience this judgment. You can go through this pain and suffering because as we see in the end of chapter 9, they refuse to repent. They refuse to stop worshiping these false idols and turn from their wicked ways. Uh, and then you're going to see in the next coming chapters, you're going to see individuals that, in a way are uh, and you see the alternative you see the other picture of that you see the beauty and the majesty of God and those that are living a life submitted to him yeah man sometimes it's um you think back to your own life right and it's like thank goodness for that grace yeah. that mercy amen man. amen so um Okay, explaining the, in the beginning why we uh, the the little truth symbolic translation. I want to get to um, the heavenly locksmith, kind of okay. what you had touched yeah, on. Yeah, that's a, that's an important one because again, um, I, I think that kind of plays not so deeply into interpretation of the book as a whole, but I do think it in this chapter it it plays a role in in how you start to kind of unpack it. So setting it up for you, just then to answer. Um, he is an angel of God. And again, this is your interpretation, your belief, correct? He is right. An a- I mean, I think there's some others. It's not. I'm out, not way out well, there. No, no, no. Own, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. But he is an angel of God. We see in verse chapter twenty, verse one, uh, was I believe of Revelation is, I think, right? Correct. Yeah, nine one, nine one. Sorry, why did I say twenty? Nine one. The controversy, I guess, or or maybe the. The back and forth on the is it symbolic, is it literal, is the word fallen. Yeah, and I think, again, they would all say, I think everybody would agree that this is not, that the star is symbolic uh, in nature because it says, I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth and he was given. Mm -hmm. So we already see in that that he is likening the star to a person. So the star is symbolic in 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 its presentation but it's talking about a literal being who is that literal being that's the debate that's the question that people have many people say that's satan he's a star fallen from heaven that's got to be satan um and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit and he's the one that opened the bottomless pit and released these hellish locusts that that swarmed uh, upon the the earth for five months the Greek word for, for fallen in, in its presentation, it's Peppa Takata. I think I, I Peppa think. Peppa the pig? Pe, not Peppa the pig. Peppa ah, Takata. Peppa Takata. Fallen. It's a, it, it's a perfect active participle, meaning it's a completed action. Okay? So that, that's where you get kind of the past tense almost 
vernacular of fallen. Um, it can really be read one of two ways. Uh, I think it, it can be read in this idea of uh, to fail or to fall down. Uh, that is a part of that. You can, you can take that word and you can translate it in, in kind of that, that idea, right? It's, uh, it is a, a star that has failed, if you will, which would lead to say, okay, I could see Satan in that. Right. But it also could and carries the, the, the idea of uh, to light on or to um, uh, be in front of and, and basically to, to almost shine upon. And what I see this is, so you can also interpret it this way, that what John was seeing was not the star coming from heaven to earth. It's a completed action. He already saw the, the, what I believe is the angel on earth at the, at the bottomless pit ready to unlock it. So typically, uh, I think what happens is sometimes we read our understanding of words onto the text and fail to realize that in the Greek it's so much richer and it doesn't necessarily mean exactly what our English vernacular right. would take that word right. to mean. It can carry a deeper context. And so uh, it's a completed action in the sense that in his vision he didn't see the angel come from heaven, uh, he sees the angel already there at the bottomless pit. It's a completed action. Obviously, he came down because that's where he originated from. So that's how I see it, but not just the, the focus of the word fallen, but as we looked at it, just to me, logically speaking, when we go back and uh, we see in Revelation 20, verse 1, if we were to, you know, go go. To Revelation 21 and we were to to read that verse it's going to talk about this angel again then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit in a great chain so just as we talked about Sunday and the, part of the reason why I don't see that as Satan is one the Greek doesn't necessarily you know necessarily make that have to be translated that way you can but you don't have to. So you take that in conjunction with what we read in, in 21, where we see an angel coming down from heaven, very similar terminology, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit. To me, it just doesn't make sense that Jesus, who I believe is the holder of this key, Revelation 118, gives it to Satan to unlock, uh, only to have another angel in heaven to have it later in the book of Revelation. To me, that just doesn't make sense. So if you were to follow the, the, the key would have been given to Satan who would have been using it to unlock the, the, the pit and then somewhere along the line, an angel would have taken those, those keys back, the very keys that were only secured by Jesus to his death, burial, and resurrection. He now gave those keys back to Satan uh, and then an angel somehow was able to get those keys back when they were only taken out of Satan's hand by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in the first place. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense to me, right? It doesn't make sense to me. And so I think when that's why it's so important to take books as a Context, whole and yeah. uh, to to know just a full flow of thought within a book, uh, because I I think to me it just reiterates again the reality that this is an angel. Uh, I call them a heavenly locksmith that came down underneath um, the the. Uh, the authority that had been given to him by God to un uh, unlock this, this this pit, if you will. 
Yeah, that's good. I think that brings a lot of clarity too, because you know that the word "fallen," I guess, going back to that, could easily be like, "Well, wait." You know, Satan was a fallen angel. That right. terminology. So the clarity right. that brings, I think, that really helps again grasp the understanding of what actually is taking place there right. in Revelation nine. And um, again, there's other people that are probably you know way more learned than I learn am. it, learn it than I am. That would say no, 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 no. That's that's Satan. I don't, I don't take it that way. Um, so yeah, no, it's good. Love it. Um, so. Let's stay on this same um, thread, I guess, of um, literal truth, symbolic translation. The 200 million that right. we see. That's right. Of yeah. The demonic army. Yeah. Uh, verse 16. Uh, mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. Yeah. Um, so I, I just now had to break out the calculator. It, yeah. <laughs> Kind of like the other week, a couple weeks ago, yeah, that's you said right. one person one. would give one point yeah. seven. That's yeah, right. That was good. Um, so you, in this in this regard, think this is yes a literal two hundred million right. army. But there's some people, correct me if I'm wrong, would say no. This yeah. is just demons. That I, I think, and you know, and that's that's what I love about God's word and. If, the if there are other brothers and sisters in Christ that because you can't have that con- you can't have some of these conversations with just everybody. Right. Uh, boy, you, you start taking a different, you know, approach to something than, than others, you know. And again, not this isn't a uh, issue that in any regards there needs to be broken fellowship over. Right. This I don't even know this is a tertiary issue. You know how you <laughs> how you how you necessarily translate that, because sure. some people would say, well, why would you go from you don't see the locust as a literal locust? Why would you now see these 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 horsemen as a literal army? Well, I don't see them in the description of them as these horsemen. These mounted troops are actually on horses. Again, I think that's the symbolic nature. But I think it's talking about a literal army, just as the locusts are symbolic to talk about literal demons. Uh, and so I, I I believe that when you read Daniel 11 and you see the prophecy of an eastern army, um, you see this the, these angels that are held at the great Euphrates, and then you read into Revelation 16. Uh, I think it's Revelation um, uh, Revelation yeah Revelation. Uh, uh, I can't remember exactly where that is, if that's uh, Revelation. Yeah, Revelation 16-something. Um, you see that there is a, an army that where the sixth bold judgment has been poured out and the Euphrates rivers is dried up and this eastern army comes comes over to attack Israel at the last, well, really to attack Christ at the last battle of Armageddon. I think that that's, where I see the reality of that this is a, a legitimate army uh, comprised of individuals that exist east of the U, uh, yeah, 1612 that exist east of the Euphrates River. Um, again, some people just say, no, what, what this is saying is it's a large demonic horde that now attacks. My, my, my issue with that is, and it brings up a great great question that you know individuals can can wrestle with do demons have the power to kill humans because this army kills a third of humanity 
do demons have that power to actually kill people? We know that they can oppress. We know that they can possess. But do they have the power to actually kill people? Or can they influence, as the powers and the principalities who either are oppressing or possessing these world leaders of these four, uh, this four-nation army that, that comes together, uh, or maybe even a larger context, I say four because there are four angels that are bound there, uh, four fallen angels, four demons that are bound there that I believe uh, talk about the powers and the principalities of, of four nations that have joined together to comprise a 200 million army. So the question really is, if it's a demonic host, do they real, do demons have the power to actually kill people or can they influence through oppression and possession men to actually kill other people? I would I would probably go yeah. with the latter. They can they can oppress right. or possess people to the point that they're moved to the killing of other individuals. Now, again, I see a third of humanity dying by three plagues, and so I this again this is just my I don't think you can be dogmatic about it. I take those plagues to be literal in the sense that they would be plagues smallpox, Ebola, whatever the case may be, that is unleashed as a chemical-type weapon, a biological COVID-20. weapon. Yeah, COVID-22, right? Whatever the case may be that people could harness and, um, you know, utilize and weaponize it in, in a way that uh, decimates a, a third of humanity. I, I think when you look at the mass destruction of humanity in large numbers like that, obviously a, a nuclear bomb would 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 do quite a bit damage but a plague and here we're looking at three at one time spreading throughout the world would could devastate people very quickly yeah man well and um we i mean we've seen the effects of COVID 19 and the one yeah. plague and that's right how it has affected the world yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it, it doesn't a, take again, long again I, I can't I can't necessarily say that man we can you bet your bottom be dog, dollars yeah, yeah dogmatic about it but to me just using somewhat common sense and and logic it, it seems to work in conjunction with God's word when it says plague if if the literal sense makes sense take it as such yeah so let's let's zoom out a little bit. 30,000 foot. Right. Um, the way you see this is this is three and a half years into yeah, tribulation. Yeah, again, that's another one that I want to just preface to say. <laughs> I can't be, you know, just absolute on that. Um, Revelation is hard to kind of put in a chronology. Uh, some of it is mysterious, uh, and I think that's for a reason in, in some regards. Uh, how I see this, though, and we'll start to see in the next few chapters, why I think this is right around the three and a half year mark uh, is because certain things are going to play out to me that make sense to have happened um, right around three and a half years. And so I think we're about halfway through. Okay. I think we're either right at halfway or we're getting so very let's close. Say, let's say that you are correct. Okay, let's like do this it. Is let's say that. I like 100% that. correct. Well, yes. With this just devastating affliction, because of what we've seen previous in the third of the population, fourth, third, third, whatever it was. And now with a third, another third population destroyed, that's less than 50% of humanity left. Right. I mean, there's roughly how many people in the world? Seven? 
I don't know what it's at right now. Seven billion, trillion something. Seven billion people. I don't know if it's more than. I don't know if it's more than that. Um, is it seven billion? Is it eight billion? Nine? Billion? I don't know. We're we're definitely growing. At so a rapid the Google's rate. says seven point seven billion. Seven point seven billion people. So right now, you know, if if my estimation is correct, then about halfway through, you have. I don't know, three point three billion or so people left yeah, on maybe. on Earth. I mean, that's that's a huge. Oh yeah, it's massive. It's now huge. now think out of all that. So you, the rapture happens. How many people are gone off of the yeah, Earth for the even rapture? That, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So out of when it says a fourth of humanity is killed in the fourth seal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know you're at 7.7 billion when that starts. Correct. Just well, because I mean, you know the 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 rapture takes place so some about. people are some people are gone. Yeah, but if we're just going off of what it looks like. But yeah. let's just say a lot of people are are dead at this point. So let's try to put ourselves in that shoes in those shoes, right? You you say you're someone let's let's have some fun. Say you're someone who is there. Yeah. And just experienced three plagues wipe out right millions of people. You are someone who worships idols, who doesn't believe in Jesus, none of this, which we talked about in nine twenty through twenty one, right? Defiant prisoners. Yeah. How at this point do you refuse to repent? And turn to Christ yeah. after everything you've seen. Right. I mean, it's it's hard for me to grasp that. Yeah. Because me too. we haven't I mean, seen I, nothing like that. I find that extremely. But at the same time, um, I think sometimes we fail to really grasp the depravity and the hardness of men's hearts. Um pure wickedness. When you harden yeah. your when you harden your 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 heart, you know, uh consistently and constantly, I mean it just gets to a point where it really is a heart of stone in 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 many regards and um it, it just I think that's why younger children are much more uh apt to place their faith and trust in Jesus when they're younger in life. And it's harder for, you know, somebody that's been rejecting Jesus for 80 years, not that God doesn't save some of those individuals. Um, somebody has been rejecting Jesus for 80, 90 years. You don't see many of them coming faith to faith in Christ Jesus because our hearts have been hardened for so long. Um, whereas, you know, that, that younger individual is, is much more tender to the things of, of So the this makes me think of Pharaoh. Right. And letting the... Israelites go. Let my people go. The scripture says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. Oh, brother, you you getting into it yeah. now. You've been just, opening no, no, no. it up. I'm not, I'm, opening not, it up. I'm not getting into it with you. I'm just trying to put this to for listeners. Right. Well, then the the question is, well, is God hardening the hearts of the people Could that be. are left? Could be. So God har- hardened Pharaoh's heart. Could how be. How many times? Time right. after time after time, plague after plague after, and these innocent people were dying. Right. right? So, but you also is see this similar? In that um, it could be. I can't. I'm just say, trying to do another vantage no. point. 
No, I, I and and, yeah. and good. That's I I love the I love these type of discussions. You also have to read in that same account that it says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. So uh, in each of the plagues, uh, it's not that God hardens his heart every time. There's sometimes that Pharaoh hardens his own heart. The text says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart, right? Um, I think you you really have to look and say you don't see God hardening individuals' hearts consistently. You see that a couple times, one person's heart getting hardened uh, one, one, in one series of events. Uh, you see the, the, the Jews getting their, their hearts hardened, if you will, or their eyes blinded uh, to the point that they didn't see the Messiah uh, and they crucified Jesus. Is that what's happening here? You know, again, we could go way down into that. I, I think you'd have to answer the question, what is the point of judicial hardening? Uh, in some ways, I think it kind of proves man's free will because uh, why would you have to harden somebody's heart if they're never going to respond to God, right? So you're starting to get into some soteriology now. Right. Uh, and I won't go too far down that, that road, but... Um, Again, what is the point of judicial hardening? Look, looking at that and applying that in, 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 this, in this text, what would be the point of judicial hardening uh, other than um, you had the ability in and of yourself to respond to God and choose favorably the things that God was calling you to do? Uh, so again, why put a blindfold on a dead man? Uh, same thing here. What would be the part of judicial hardening where God is hardening their hearts so that they wouldn't choose uh, in this moment, I think both of those other scenarios are a little unique to that situation of what God, not to say that God's maybe not doing that in this, but I think it's much more man is hardening their own hearts towards towards God. Yeah, and I would agree. I think it's just there's a lot of people who don't agree with that or right have and those questions and that's a that's a discussion or, that know. again has been talked about for centuries and centuries and I enjoy those type of theological discussions. You can't have them with everybody because some people, boy, they can't. Those are those things that you won't know this side of heaven. You yeah, just, I don't think so. I think they're important. Yeah. I think I think they're important to discuss. I think they're important to look into. I, I think it is healthy uh, for brothers and sisters in Christ to talk through those things uh, and to discuss those things. Um, and I enjoy doing that if it's with individuals that can have those conversations. Right. Yeah. You got to hold your own in those because if not, well, <laughs> it's easy it, to, it, to it just, well, well I, I just, people get very passionate about that. Yeah. And if you don't take a certain view that, that, you know, in, in that discussion, uh, you know, um, both sides, can become very belligerent and it's just like man this isn't edifying especially because they don't even know for sure you know like you no one actually right. knows so how could you literally yeah you know be so offensive because god made me be that way i had no choice yeah well i mean i just wanted to kind of bring that up because it does bring another um perspective for some people yes yeah and so and that's always been my heart and i i, I pray that i've i've tried to um I know I, I probably did a better job at the front end than I have done of presenting this is what other people kind of view and this is what other people see because 
you know, my perspective isn't the only perspective out there. And like I say, there are individuals who, man, I highly respect in what they have done uh, within the Christian faith and just their knowledge and their discernment of various things that I respect. I take a different position than I would on some things. And I think, again, this is some of the, the issue that we can agree to disagree. I think the one place you lose me is if if you say Christ isn't returning physically in body form, right? Um, uh, Christ isn't returning physically returning to this this earth. There's not a second physical coming. Uh, now I think you're way off into something that is is outside of the confines of Scripture. Um, I even have a hard time if you say there's no such thing as the rapture because I think there's just so much. Uh, I'm not saying you're not a believer. I just have a hard time tracking when somebody would say, yeah, I don't think the rapture is a thing. Uh, I don't know. It I pop- think the first question you ask someone like that is, have you heard the song Turn Around? Turn Around? I haven't. What is that? What? Is that who sings it? Oh, I don't know. I just, I remember. <laughs> oh, is it an old, is it an older? Uh, like? Yeah, I mean, I remember. It's a song about the I, I know the, the song Turn Around, Bride. Yeah, that's it. Every now and then. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, a song about that's, the rapture. Is that what it's you're talking about? about? The rapture. Is that about the rapture? Yeah. I had no idea, yeah. man. Yeah. I thought he was talking to Bright Eyes. No, he's okay. talking about the rapture. Oh, huh. had no idea. So that's the first question you pose. It's got to be. Have you heard Turnaround? Because <laughs> obviously you're going be, you're, you're to be a believer of the rapture once you hear that song. Okay. I don't know. I got to listen to that. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. We, we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast. I told we, you we had a lot to cover. We've gotten deep into some serious kind of theological underpinning, and then we've come all the way out to some, some 80s music, and, and do I don't it. know when would the turnaround that you're talking about have been. Oh, Early man. 2000s? Late 90s? Uh, I remember doing it. Li- I, I literally did this for a drama. Yeah. Um. A church drama? A church drama. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Anyway. So you never know with this. Ago. You never know with community recap. You just never know what's you coming You just don't way. know. Uh, that's yeah. why you got to tune in. Yeah. Oh, well, we, we talked about that the other day. Do you tune in? Do you actually now you're tune saying in? It. Now yeah. I'm tuning in. Now I'm just saying it. So you got Who me. Who knows? You got me. Uh, Man, such good discussion. Podcast, such a know. good Sunday um, overall. High attendance for summer. Amazing. Yeah, praise the Lord. God, the building really working. Great. Another $100,000 check for the building. I mean, just. Well, let, let me preface that. This was the promised one, but that, we finally yes, got but it. it right. But it came in. Sure. Yeah, so it wasn't one on top of that. Right. So just to clarify. So if you were waiting to write that next hundred thousand dollar check be it be it and then uh that way we can celebrate what was happening yeah man it's overall it's been great i I love the series i'll say it every week it's been so refreshing to me i know it has to many others and man looking forward to i've enjoyed the completion of it unfortunately it will come to an end but yeah uh, it's been good man this we're about we're about half we're about halfway we're about we're about we got till december uh, November, be, December, be November. Yeah, yeah. So we got a little bit to go, but, uh, you know, uh, one other exciting thing before we, we wrap up baptism celebration tomorrow night, uh, 18 people. Although I think one of our little guys just, I think he's okay. I think, she, is he okay? I don't know. Don't, don't take me to okay, that, but I I'm think gonna, I heard that he's might be okay. Oh, praise the Lord. So 18 individuals being, being, being baptized. I could be wrong. And so, uh, 17 or 18 17 for depending sure. on one of our little guys and uh how he's feeling and so 
Praise uh, God. Yeah, praise the Lord. It's going to be great. Praise Join God. us if you don't have nothing to do. That's right. 6.30 yep. here 6:30. at Community. Come on. As always, thank you so much for taking time to listen to us. I know yeah, we're Hopefully goofy it's beneficial and, and gives you some things to yeah. kind of think about, dig in a little bit deeper and study things right. out for yourself, hopefully. Yeah. Little things that non, you know, just a little bone. And, and I don't know, we haven't ever said this, and I don't know if this is even a thing, but there's a lot of people who say like, you know, five stars and rate us and all that stuff. I don't know why they say that. Yeah. But I feel like we need to say that. Okay. So go ahead and give us five, five stars. Five star and rate us. And rate us yeah. high. I don't know what that means. That's right. But all the goods. Yeah, we'll man. Do do that. Help us get the word out a little bit. Yeah, we, share we, this we, with your friends. We'll, you know, if it's blessed you, maybe it'll bless somebody else. And we'd love to um, just be able to talk about the things of God and with as many people as we possibly can. So yeah. like us, rate us, share us, mm. um, all that, whatever it takes Just do whatever you to can. do what it says to do. Do yeah. that. Yeah. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If it's called that, uh, we'll catch you next week right. on the community recap podcast. Peace out. See ya. Yeah. 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 Yeah.